Welcome to the Virtual Velo Podcast, powered by the Zimunike. We are exercise and nutrition scientists, physical therapists, and performance coaches, but most of all, we are passionate about cycling and immersed in the virtual cycling community. Our goal is to inform, inspire, and challenge you. Come take a conversational ride with us today. So, Chris, Joy, great to see both of you. Uh, Joy, you look nice and relaxed. You look like you were eating something <laughs> tasty. I'm always and sweet. eating. I'm like Brad Pitt in uh, one of the Ocean Eleven's movies where he's eating constantly. That's see, I never life. noticed that. Now you've just given me an excuse to rewatch it. What was that? It looked tasty. It was a bagel with hard boiled eggs. I just I had a cancellation today, so I ran instead. So then uh-huh. I had I was I was sitting here waiting and while I was waiting, I was like, I think I'm hungry and I'm gonna be even more hungry in an hour, so I should just go ahead and eat now. Yeah. Yeah, I had a uh, scarf down a burrito right before I jumped on today. Um, and Chris, I know that you've been packing in the calories. Tell us about where you are. And what you're eating. And what you're eating. Yeah, well, actually, to tell you the truth, I, I probably haven't eaten as much as I should have, considering I, I blew through 3,000 calories this morning. But um, mm-hmm. I am in uh, Goshen, Indiana. Took the ride here from Portage, Indiana, which happens to be right on the uh, right on uh, Lake Michigan. I took a dip in Lake, Lake Michigan yesterday. It was uh, quite delightful. Um, but yeah, we're in, uh, we're in Indiana now. I'm going to uh, wrap up with you guys, and then the wife and I are going to go into South Bend to check out the Golden Dome, check out the stadium, and... Uh, hang around with some college kids for a little while. Very nice. nice. Cool. Well, we are really interested in hearing about uh, your ride, but there is another amazing ride going on right now over in France. Anybody been keeping up with the Tour de France? Only every day. Only every day. Yeah. I've been watching... um, Usually, I just try to avoid social media, and um, in the mornings right. when I ride, I am watching the like forty-five minute highlight reel on Peacock. It's been pretty good. It's been really good. <laughs> now, I have not seen today's stage, so don't. Spoil I haven't it. either. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen today yet. Yeah. I usually have a break in the middle of the day where I am working on programs. So I've had it on while working and, and sometimes I'm more focused on working and other days less. <laughs> I, I have no idea what's going on. I, I am. You haven't been together, able to see any of it, huh? I am piecing together Wi-Fi with like spit and bubble gum to, uh, to get out with little content I can in the, in, in a, the period of time. I got hot spot that's cold. I got, you know, it's just, it's uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but, um, no, Chris, but you're I, missing I, a I great do, tour. Yeah, no, I I did see the uh, the really nice gesture that went on yesterday, and it's uh, it was kind of refreshing to see that you know, um, the Tour yes. de France has become so you know commercialized, and it's been so you know so robotic in so many ways with with Team Sky just like you know, you know dominating with uh with the way that they did things to to actually see somebody um, race a race like they used to you know like mm-hmm. you know, we we know that we we think back to the days of Lance Armstrong and Jan Ulrich and 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 the big make and everything and how they would do that on, on climbs and stuff when, uh, when the guys went down, it, it was, uh, it was kind of interesting to see. So that was, yeah. uh, that was nice. And I did get a chance to, uh, to see that. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. So far, the highlight of the tour for me has been watching Tom Pidcock's descent oh, on, the, on the day that he won that stage. Now, if you don't know who Tom Pidcock is, he's an Englishman that is on Ineos Grenadiers, and he is also the current Olympic gold medalist in uh, XEO, which is uh, cross-country Olympic distance. 
So the homeboy knows how to handle a bike and he, he, you know, <laughs> he showed everybody who was boss on, uh, on that descent the other day. It gives me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. I want nothing to do with that. When I actually yeah. cleaned, when I went over the Rockies, I said, I want to take it. I want it to take me longer to descend and it took me to climb up. Chris, I'm interested in hearing the stats so far. Just go ahead and, and get started. Tell us about the why you're doing this, what you're doing, and um, you know what was the what was the day you started. But first, like, just tell me, tell us again, what ride are you doing? Okay, so I'm uh, I'm riding my back across the country because it's uh, there's okay. no uh, no other way to say it, right? I started in Half Moon Bay, California, uh, 44 days ago now. And I am in Goshen, Indiana, and making a, a beeline for Niagara Falls. I'm hoping to be there in six days, which is uh, it's going to be a little, it's going to be a couple couple long rides, but it's been great. So if you want to get the uh, the stats, um, I, I think I ticked over three thousand miles today, mm. um, over a hundred thousand feet of climbing, hundred thousand calories <laughs> expended, um, and a uh, whole bunch of really incredible memories. Met up with a, with a bunch of guys on dirt and a couple of guys that weren't, and, and uh, did some riding with them. And it's just you know it's been one incredible experience after another. It really has. It's been great. Nice. I'll, t- I'll tell you like, I'll tell you a funny story. We were um, we were in a little uh, pub two days ago. I guess we were, we were in Manuka, Illinois, and there was a, a guy sitting across the bar. And you know, like when, when you drive up in the, in the Schwank tank, you know the uh, the rented RV, it kind of gets noticed. You know what I mean? Plus, when somebody like me walks into a bar, and oh, the Schwank tank, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when someone like with, that speaks like me walks into a bar in, in Illinois, then it, that also gets noticed. So, um, so this guy that that was sitting across the bar, who looked like he was living in an RV, you know, very unassuming, but he was, he, uh, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like a, uh, he didn't look like Brad Pitt. I could just just say it like that. But anyway, as he's walking out of the bar, he wishes us luck. Well, wait, 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 wait. Well, hold on now. <laughs> Does he look like Brad Pitt at the beginning of the Curious Case of Benjamin Button? That's conceivable, but just just fifty year, or sixty years older. Yeah. So as he's walking out, he he gives a salute and uh, and wishes me luck. And um, the bartender brings over a beer a little while later, and he says, "This was compliments to the gentleman that just left." Happened oh, to be the, nice. the mayor of Manuka, right? No, no way. Okay. Yeah, but it gets better because the mayor of Manuka is Ray Offerman. And his son is Nick Offerman, the Parks and Rec actor, also from Illinois, also from Manuka, mm-hmm. Illinois. So Whoa. it's a, you know, there's things like that that have been happening that have just been really, really special and really cool. So tell me, what do you, so far, 44, 44 days, right? Correct. 44 days in, if you could pick one day that has been your favorite so far. Oh, geez. Um, I, this is a, it's impossible to answer, but I'll give you a couple of days that have been um, memorable to say the least. All right. So the, uh, the second or third day I rode the whole Tioga Pass Road in Yosemite National Park. So it, it was a 90 something mile ride, but it was basically a 70 mile climb. The 12,000 feet of climbing in 70 miles and it, it was very little break. Um, so that, that stuck out. And it came in day three of the trip, and I said to myself, you know, if I can get over, the, if I can get over this pass, then there's a pretty good chance I could probably do this thing. And it was tough. Right. Was really I remember tough. looking at that because you had said that day that you had like a seventy or eighty mile climb, and I was thinking, 
in one climb? And I looked and it really was. Yeah, it just, it just went straight up. And it was, it brought me up over 11,000 feet and it was thin up there and I really wasn't acclimated. So that was tough and it took a lot out of me. But um, yeah, you know, when, when I got into Utah and we, we got into see the parks, you know, we saw the Grand Canyon, we saw Arches, Zion, Bryce, Canyonlands, um, Capitol Reef National Park. Um, it's, it's just, it's just spectacular. You know, it's just one beautiful vista after another and you just, you know, you got to like pinch yourself as you're riding through these places and seeing them all. It's just so beautiful. You said it was just one beautiful day after the other. Right. Yeah. Just to be just, you know, for a while there, it's just, you're just, you're just riding through one beautiful spot after another. It's just, you just have to pinch yourself that you're, you're in these places. It's spectacular. But a lot of the days are, were, you know, memorable for, for not being great. I, I had a couple had a couple really tough days, um, and then I, then there was always uh, Nebraska, and that was five tough days. Well, what? Why is that? What was so difficult about Nebraska? Uh, Nebraska, I spent uh, five days of riding, which seemed like a one percent false flat upwards into the wind for five straight days without making a turn on the exact same mm. road. Oh uh, my and, god. And, you know, I, 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 I hate to be disparaging from one state over the other, but it, it was just gray and it was, um, it was just, uh, not very stimulating. It, it, it was, it was a tough, uh, tough couple of days, but, uh, we got yeah. through it. You know, the, the, uh, the crew that, that's with me is working harder than I am. So it's, um, it's a real team effort and it's, and it's uh, you know, and I can't really say anything bad about the experience. It's been an incredible experience. Sure. That's awesome. What has been the weather situation? Okay, hold on. Let me stop there for a minute. You have been, you're 44 days into the trip, but how many riding days is that? How many days a week are you riding? Is it vary at all or is it the same every week? Yeah, it's the same every week. It's seven days. Okay. I've taken one rest day, so oh I, and, and that was yeah, and that was when I rode into Moab. We uh, we decided to take a day uh, when I was in Moab, but I haven't taken a rest day since then. And there have been a couple of days when I tried to put together two shorter days to make it a longer day, and it just didn't work out. So I tried to pretend that the shorter days were recovery days, which they really weren't. So yeah, I'm a. I was like 30, uh, 30 points uh, in the training peaks hole for a while for like almost two mm -hmm. weeks, but now I've, uh, kind of rebounded a bit. Okay. I am curious about that and how sore you've been and if you've had any kind of crazy pain or feelings of injury um, come up. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because when I left California, it was a lot of stop and go. And as a guy who was, you know, has rode, ridden his bike outdoors very rarely in the last four or five years clipping in and out like put a huge hurting on my itb and my piriformis i i you know the first couple of days i must have clipped in and out about 300 times and just my, my leg was killing me from that and it took me a whole and, and because i wasn't doing it the right way i was kind of flailing around it was it was stupid but um you know so it took me a while to to recover from that but Generalized, generalized soreness has been present and uh, unchanged for 40 days, probably. Yeah, um, sure. yeah it's, it's been pretty, uh, it's been pretty constant. And, you know, I, I, the way that I, I gauge how the day is going to go is that after I have like a bowl of cereal, whether it's really hard to get up from the, the, uh, 
the very cramped eating space in, in the RV or not. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, my legs are kind of swollen and stuff. But um, other than that, I, I feel like uh, I feel like things are, are going pretty well, you know, considering. Have you done any kind of core strength at all through this? You know, that's that, that's interesting that you say that because I had all intentions of doing <laughs> these things. But, you know, the first couple of weeks, I didn't have a spare, you know, I didn't have a spare bit of energy to do anything, to tell you the truth. Um so that those intentions kind of fell by the wayside. Like I brought like a TRX with me and I'm, I was, you know, I was going to do all this stuff, but to, uh, to, to answer the question, uh, no, absolutely not. I ride my bike. I get off my bike and I try not to look at it. And I don't think about like a route or anything until like a, an hour or two later when I, when I, when my cycling amnesia kicks in and then I can start thinking about those things again. You said in those first three weeks, it was put, or the first few weeks was particularly tough. Is it getting easier? Is your body adapting to this? Yeah, it's funny because the there are a lot of reasons why the first couple of weeks were hard. Like there was a lot of climbing in the first couple of weeks. You know, I, I had to go over the Sierras and then and eventually over the over the Rockies. But I also had to ride through the desert, and that was really harsh. And those days were long because it was in a couple of cases it was 110 miles in between towns. So it wasn't like I could even stop in between, like I had no choice. Um, mm -hmm. And in some instances, it was it felt like I was where I started. I could see where I was going and it was 110 miles away. Like it, it was like that. It's just like the roads went on forever. Um, and there were a couple of cases where the wind wasn't favorable for me. And I remember this one day when we were uh, coming into a, like a desert town in the middle of Nevada. And it was like a 5% downhill for like 40 miles, but the wind was in my face. So it, it took me oh. four hours. I was going 15 miles an hour downhill, cranking oh, as hard man. as I could. Oh, that it was, it, it was so demoralizing. It was horrible. And the, uh, my wife and my uncle in the RV, they, they like, Oh yeah, Chris will be here in an hour and a half. So they were already at, at the campsite drinking drinking beers. And I was like, I rolled in and they're like, what's the matter? I just took the bike, laid it in the woods. Actually, there are no woods. I laid it in the uh, tumbleweeds and just walked away. <laughs> that was it. So now you're, you're in a, you're in a hotel today and this is only the second time in 44 days that you've been in a hotel. You've been in an RV. How tired are you of the RV? You know, it's, it's interesting because I really thought it was going to be, uh, you know, a really tough transition. But, and I'm a horrible sleeper. Like, and so I was like, one of the major things I was afraid of is that I was, wasn't going to sleep for 60 days, but I've had the best night's sleep in this thing. I sleep like a rock. It's, it's great. Well, you're exhausted and, too. I mean, that's, yeah, you can't yeah, but underestimate uh, what you're doing. Yeah. I've been, I've been really exhausted uh, quite a few times and couldn't sleep uh, very well, but no, it's, it's really comfortable and, and uh, we're getting used to it. Like uh, my wife, Kristen has uh, basically, She's doing everything, um, and, you know, cooking the cleaning. It's just she's just she's been fabulous, and she's cooked some pretty mean meals on the uh, the cook stove in this RV. It's uh, it's it's been great, and then my uncle is there, you know, and he's uh you know he's taking care of all the plants. But are you ex are you excited to be in a hotel? Um, without going into too many details, we were in a hotel two days ago, and I was really excited by that, um, but. You know, I'm sure I can muster up the energy um, later today, too. I'm not going to speak any further. 
Yeah, it sounds like what you need is to take tomorrow off and go get yourself a massage, take some naps, watch a little bit of the Tour de France, get caught up, uh, eat a big-ass steak dinner, and then pick it back up on Sunday. Well, you know, it's you got to let your body absorb some of this training stress. Yeah, you know, like, um, well, let me give you a little indication. So the my training peaks now tells me I'm fully recovered. And I did okay. a, an 80 mile ride today and I averaged 20 miles an hour. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, okay. And yesterday, well, no, two days ago, I had a 43 mile ride. I'm like, you know what? I want to see if I can blow this out. I did the 43 mile ride in an hour and 50. So I averaged, um, 20, I averaged 22 and a half miles an hour. So wow. I'm, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good as far as, you know, when the circumstances are right. What is your chronic training load right now? Um, it's over a hundred. It's like 118 or something like that. But, but my, uh, my form is like 130. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in a good situation and, I, and whether that's the reason why I feel good or just because it's come, coming down to the home stretch or what, or, you know, the, uh, the conditions have been uh, in my favor also. So, um, you know, that's, that's been good too, but, um, you know, tomorrow morning I'm meeting up with a dirt dude. So I, uh, I, I nice. can't take tomorrow off. You see, he's going to be meeting. Who are you meeting tomorrow? Up. Um, his name is Kyle and I don't, I don't, um, I've never actually, um, ridden with him. Um, but he, uh, he reached out to me and said, I, I'll, I'll be at the hotel at six 30 to, uh, to ride with you. I said, can't wait. Awesome. And how many, how many people have you met along the way? Dirt, dirt and Zwift. Um, well, I, I, uh, um, we, um, in Casper, Wyoming, um, we, we, uh, uh, hung out with the, with the Gerke family and he, he's not, they're not, um, dirt but they they read the zom and uh he invited me over and they were fabulous hosts really nice um and he, he's like it was like a michelin chef the, the food that he cooked it was it was so great he like baked his own bread for us it was it was really great um and then he rode with me he actually rode with me two days and he turned the screws to me it was uh it was a rough couple of days and uh he he was apparently uh very accustomed to the to the wind in, in wyoming which is uh, pretty fierce um, so, so that was really great. And then, uh, I rode with, uh, Walt Flood yesterday who can, you probably know he's, uh, he's one of the, uh, the, the B darts that races in Z. Yeah. Walt Flood. I don't know Walt that. Flood, but, um, well, that's cool. Yeah. I've, I've actually been, I haven't hardly been on Zwift at all recently. Um, I've been using more training peaks or excuse me, trainer, trainer road, road. Mm -hmm. and riding outside a lot, you know, and up until, you know, I got hurt and, uh, although I'm back training again already, I did not think would happen. Which I want to ask you about in a second, Ken, but first, um, back to, you also met Liz as well. Yeah. Well, um, but, but even before that, I, uh, I also rode with, um, Corey Rude, um, and his family. And I say his family because he, it was funny because he, uh, we had been, we had been speaking and this was in, in Iowa. And he, they, uh, the, the Rude family, uh, you know, they've been dirt for a long time, almost probably uh, maybe just a, a slightly after I joined. Um, so he, uh, you know, once I got to Iowa, he said, oh, yeah, I'd like to meet you on, on, on this day and, uh, and whatever. And we're going to uh, we're going to bring the pizza um, and meet you at your campsite to ride in the morning. The family will be That's there. Awesome. So I'm like, OK. So first of all, I'm like pizza for breakfast. That's um, uh, that's got to be a typo. And then he, he mentioned something about a triple and I'm like, this, this guy's autocorrect is, 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 uh, is going a little bit crazy. So they show up at, at the campsite with a pizza box 
Turns out um, gas station breakfast pizza is a very popular thing in Iowa. It was actually pretty good, I, I must say, um, but but interesting. But then the, the, uh, he's like fiddling around in the car. I'm like, what is this guy doing? He's putting together their triple bike. So all three of them oh pulled God, me. All three of them pulled me across Iowa. Um, the uh, Corey, his wife Beth, and and their son Oliver, who was nine years old. So he and I were uh, hanging around for three. Actually, it ended up being like four hours because you know they they weren't really that efficient going uphill. So the right, you know, the right, you know, it took a little bit, but yeah. So I'm, I, I was behind them, um, and we had we, we had to wind through Iowa City, and it was it was kind of funny because at one point the, the the bike path did like a corkscrew, and they're going down on this triple through this corkscrew thing, and I'm like, this is a, this is going to be a disaster. But he uh, he handled it fine. Uh, it, it was it was actually really it was really cool. But I was back in the back with with the son, and he was just like carrying on, and it was just hilarious. He'd be he'd be like pedaling some of the time, and the rest of the time he's like singing in the rain. But um, <laughs> I have never seen it, a triple. I mean, I thought a tandem took a lot of trust, but three people on a bike seems just yeah. It was it was the coolest thing, and and his bike actually converted to a, a tandem, and they had they had, he and his wife had had done ragbri and. Uh, and all this other stuff, which, which sounds pretty cool. I think I'm going to have to uh, meet him back in Iowa to do it because I think it sounds like a really cool experience. Um, yeah, but then also in, in Iowa, I met up with uh, with Liz. Uh, she wasn't able to ride. And this is Liz Van Howling, the uh, mm-hmm. world's number one ranked um, female esports competitor. Um, and she's super nice. And uh, her husband, Ryan, is really great. And, and she has two little ones, and they're the cutest things. It was hilarious. So we went to her house and they're just crawling all over my wife and, and uh, she's eating it up. It was really, it was really great. But, you know, Liz was, was super nice. And, and I'm actually kind of like happy that she wasn't able to ride because I, I think that that would have been rough for me too. <laughs> you got lucky. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't know like how I could have said to her, um, Liz, you know, maybe we want to tone it down a little bit. You know, I had been riding for a couple of days in a row. And so since we've a lot has happened aside from uh from uh you riding across the country but ken had a little incident that kind of left us in shock mm-hmm. and just now recovering yes and i'll get into that i do have one more quick question about the bike ride so you're 44 days in you have 16 to go correct Wow. And you're, everything's looking like it's going to be on time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. It has, it has to be because my, my, my two kids are flying into uh, Niagara for, on day 50. So I have to be there to meet them. And there's also, you know, as I get closer to the coast, more and more guys are, are, are stepping up to ride with me. So it's nice. like, I, I have to be there for them too, you know? Yeah. But no, it's uh it, it's, um, it's a, it's a no brainer. It's absolutely nice. going to happen. You know, barring sure. anything, uh, you know, and, and a, a decent segue into uh, to Ken's uh, issue is uh, there the struggle on the roads is real, and I've been experiencing it now. Also, as I've cut getting into the the more metro areas, you know, I may or may not have experienced a really horrible uh, bout of bike rage yesterday that I'm almost oh, embarrassed. No. I'm most embarrassed to uh, to speak about it, so I'm not going to. But mm-hmm. um, it, I was in the middle of South uh, Chicago. There, there was no way that I shouldn't have gotten shot. 
it was uh, the stupidest thing in the world. But anyway, I, I uh, promised my wife I wasn't going to do any more of that. But yeah, I've had a yeah. couple. Of I have a couple of really close calls, and uh, yesterday mm-hmm. it uh, it just boiled over. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's rough out there, Ken. Right? No, it is rough out there. So here's what happened. I'm on my way to work uh, last week, and normal morning got off on a different exit than I usually get off on to take a uh, Amazon return back. And I got rear-ended like hard. And that left me kind of shaken, but I got out, you know, I've, I've been pretty athletic for a long time. I crashed my mountain bike a couple times a year. Like I, I felt pretty confident I was okay. I was like a little stiff through my neck and shoulders, but I, I didn't think anything was damaged. And so there was a panhandler standing on the corner and this is in downtown Durham, North Carolina. And, uh, he was becoming increasingly more, uh, agitated and irrational about us moving our vehicles before the cops came. And he said that he was losing money because he couldn't, because our cars were in the way and he wasn't able to effectively panhandle with us being there. And I was like, look, cops will be here in a minute. Just, you know, we just got in a crash. Just give us a little space and we'll be out of here soon enough. And I was getting annoyed with him because it just like wasn't sinking in. I get in my truck, lock the door and minding my own business, surfing the web on my phone or whatever. And he hit my car with a brick, um, trying to smash the window open. And he's yelling and screaming and I get out of the car. And that was the, if there was one thing that I would do differently is I would have driven away and called the police and just, (laughs) you know, told him about what happened. Um, But I did get out of the car. And as I approached him, uh, he pulled a knife out. I got stabbed in the arm and uh, he tried to stab me probably 15, 20 more times. And um, I was able to dodge all of his advances. um, But I ended up tearing my right hamstring as a result and ended up spending, having to take an ambulance to the hospital. He got off, they haven't caught him. And I thought that this hamstring injury was going to be a, a real difficult recovery, but I got back on the bike to just test things out on Wednesday morning. They felt good. Thursday, which was yesterday, I did a good 90-minute training ride. I trained again this morning. I'm able to walk up and down the stairs without pain. So, like, in the last three days, it's just been a miraculous recovery. And your, um, did you have stitches in your arm? I did. So, this, the, the wound was quite deep. So, they had to stitch the muscle together. And then they had to stitch the surface together as well. Um, so that's, that doesn't give me any pain. It's just a big, ugly scar now. I have to say that when, when Ken sends a picture of a flesh wound and says I was stabbed, I'm assuming, you know, he's joking and had an accident in the kitchen, cutting something and find out later he was actually stabbed. (laughs) And I was, I was like, oh, shoot, (laughs) this is way worse than I was thinking. Yeah, yes, that's something was, that uh, someone tells you every day. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I in in it was one of those things where it's like you see on TV, little did Ken know when he woke up, his life would never be the same again. You know, it was like that m- mundane Tuesday morning, just heading to work, running some errands, and never did I expect any of this to happen. So like where I'm at now is I'm dealing with getting the truck repaired, 
uh, all the medical bills, everything else, dealing with the investigator. Not taking that exit again. Yeah. Well, I actually did. You know, I, I did take that exit yesterday. Part of it was just to get over that hump and not like let this area uh, have any power over me anymore. Sort of like a, an exposure therapy. Cause this thing, it has been traumatic. You know, I've been very angry. Oh, yeah. I've been very, uh, it's, I've been short tempered. Fortunately, like I do believe in psychotherapy. I have a good therapist, uh, work provides anybody who wants a, a work coach, a coach. So I've, I've sort of worked through the distractions and things with work and, and getting back on back in shape with my work commitments and goals. And she's helped with that a lot. Um, and I've just got a great uh, community of friends and family around me. And, and, you know, every day I'm just taking it one day at a time. And like today I'm happy, you know, like later on, I'll probably be angry again. And, and maybe it'll wake me up again in the middle of the night. And it's not like fears of getting stabbed again. It's just like going through all those million scenarios of what I could have done differently or, you know, just reliving the situation in my head and just being mad. But yeah, it's, I've got some space between that incident now, 10, 11 days out and, uh, mentally and physically I'm doing so much better and being able to ride my bike again has been a game changer because I couldn't even do that. You know, I couldn't even like take out my frustrations and do some hard intervals and, and be cooled out afterwards. Um, and I hope to get out on my mountain bike this weekend, which is where, you know, my real spirit comes out is out there in the woods on the trails. That's yeah. I it's, it was just honestly hearing it all about that last week was kind of crazy because, you know, I was, I was also having a rough week and, um, you know, it's like you go through your daily things and, uh, my bad week was absolutely nothing compared to yours. And, and after hearing about that and, uh, and, and sharing that with my husband the next day when I was having a bad day, he's like, well, you weren't stabbed. So I was like, thank you for keeping things in perspective for me. Yeah. The perspective is, is a big thing. The perspective is a big thing. It really is. And, you know, just, and just thinking about how, you know, the scenarios that could have gone a million times worse for you, Ken, you know, it's, you know, when you told me about that, I said to myself, you know, I, I consider him lucky. You know, it could have been you know, much, much worse. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, this, this person had no ability to temper himself or like even knowing the cops were on the way, he could not control himself. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for my physical fitness that I was able to only get stabbed once and he finally just ran out of gas, you know? And, uh, by the, by the time that happened, that's when I realized I had injured my leg. Cause that was the thing that was really holding me back was like, I couldn't walk. And, uh, over the next couple of hours, uh, my leg, I got to the point where I could extend my knee and stand up and that was helpful and, and, you know, just icing it and lots of ibuprofen and, just trying to rest. And when you speak about perspective, um, there's another side to, uh, to this incident. And that's the fact that, you know, there's a huge homeless problem in this country and it's, there's a huge mental illness problem. Mm -hmm. When you, when you describe these the symptoms of this, you know, this isn't somebody who's, uh, you know, able to control himself, you know, and he's, he's in a situation where, you know, he, he, you know, this is his life 
and he there he doesn't really have any other place yeah. to turn, you know. So, um, you know, there. Yeah, and that. I'm sorry, Chris. I I didn't mean to interrupt, but you're right. And as I was sitting in my house the other day, I was like, you know what? I'm in a nice air conditioned home. I'm going to sleep in a nice clean bed tonight. And you know, there's this guy. It's not like I, I'm not quite at the place where I can feel a lot of sorry. You feel real sorry for the guy. Yeah, no sympathy. Yeah, I don't have that sympathy yet, but um, it, there is an understanding that. I believe something like 75% of homeless people have a mental illness and 75% have a drug and alcohol drug, drug or alcohol problem. And then there's a lot of those that have all three and yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe he can find the resources to turn things around for himself before he does this to somebody else. That's all I can hope for. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that, um, you know, obviously, you know, I was a cyclist who did very, very little riding on the road. And, and now I'm doing a ton of riding on the road. And one of the things that I really do miss about Zwift is having the opportunity to, you know, do a do rides and be on discord and, and do races with guys and, and you know, specifically with dirt, you know, just talking to other dads and then mm -hmm. hashing out this stuff and, you know, you know, what happened to you, what'd you do, you know, that, that type of thing. So, you know, Joy had asked me, uh, you know, um, during 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 pre you know if, if i miss swift and, and she's like you know that'd be a, a great question to ask so you know it's um go ahead joy ask the question yeah well i mean are you uh, how much do you miss swift and are you going to be on as soon as you get back or are you going to need to take a break from your bike altogether before you join us again on swift all right so the, the i'm going to answer this question in parts um i will not be taking a break from my bike um that that's not something that that's happened in, in a really long time. It's not going to, although uh, I think I have a pretty solid um, zone two base fitness built. So I'm going to probably have to get into the gym and, and start working on my, uh, my, my, my anaerobic Zwift uh, type efforts to uh, in preparation for the ZRL. Otherwise my team. Isn't I was going to say you're not me. ready for ZRL just yet. <laughs> no, no, just not, I, I'm not, not really, but um, team time trial maybe. Um, but, but do I, do I miss Zwift? Um, you know, the, the riding outdoors has been fabulous, but it's so dangerous. You know, I, I've, I've had so many instances where it could have gone one way or the other and, and things could have been really bad for me, just, just like with you, Ken. Um, mm -hmm. That doesn't happen indoors. Um, I'm right. doing these four and five hour rides. And if it wasn't for the fact that you know, my wife is so intent on, on being within 10 miles of me all the time, then I would really never see anybody. You know, and, and that doesn't happen on Zwift either because I can be doing a hundred mile ride and I could like be having conversation with 20 different people at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the, the social aspect, the community aspect, the, the safety aspect, um, I, I certainly miss those things. But, you know, I, I became a cyclist because it was liberating and I was able to experience so many different things and, and the, the wind through my hair and covering so much ground. And, 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 you know, even when you're riding in urban settings, the, the buzzes of cars around you and going with the flow, you know, that that's extremely exhilarating and mm -hmm. having your, your bike take you places that you never thought you'd ever be able to go. You know, I'm not doing that you know, in my basement, you know, I'm, I'm taking my body to places that it's never, never thought it, it would go, but, um, my bike is uh, is taking me to uh, to places and experiences, and you know that doesn't happen indoors. So yeah, yeah it's kind of like uh, I guess the answer to the question is yes and no. But uh, I'm not going to be taking any breaks. I'm going to uh, get right back onto Zwift. Uh, what I the one thing I 
do not plan on doing is riding my bike at, outdoors anymore. Um, I'll be done with that for a while. Well, I'll get, before I'll get back you, to indoors. Yeah, before you write that off completely, I do want to point out one thing is how little control that you've had over your riding environment when you're going point A, California, point B, wherever on the East Coast. Um, and whatever route you need to take to get from coast to coast is what you got. And there's a lot of the miles that you've ridden are not cyclist friendly routes where you can take, do bike tourism to places that are much more friendly to cyclists or just pick a route outside of your own town where all the cyclists go on the weekend. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, Hey, listen, I'm I don't blame you for wanting to take a little bit of time off from the road, but, um, you might get that wanderlust again. Yeah, well, you have to be honest. Um, you know, I certainly agree with you. But um, before I set out on this on this uh, ride 44 days ago, I hadn't ridden my bike outdoors in five years. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to do a couple uh, balance retraining rides just to uh, to get my legs underneath me. So um, it's not going to be hard for me to um, hang well, up my we, wheels. We all miss you. At, we all miss you on Zwift. That's for sure. We've. Uh, I appreciate it. Last week we had a little bit of excitement. Um, well, I say excitement. It was it was um, not good excitement for us. I guess it was the shakeup. Swift has made their changes to the client side packet encryption to where any third party cannot uh, access the Zwift data anymore. So Zwift Activity Monitor, along with some other third party apps, are now disabled. And so we woke up on Wednesday and our Zam was no longer working. And um, what I didn't realize, because Kevin is the one who is created Zam, where I just kind of, I'm like the marketing manager is uh, my made up title. I didn't realize how many people and how many Zam users there were until Zam stopped working. And I started getting all of these messages from people from all over the world. And I went to Kevin, I said, how many users and in all of this simultaneously, I'm trying to get in touch with somebody at Zwift. And I was like, I know we have like over a 1000 users. And I'm asking Kevin how many users Zam has. And he said 8400. I was like, oh, oh okay, so wow. it's more than I realized. So I spent a few days trying to get in touch with somebody and decided that the one person to get in touch with was uh, Mr. Eric Min. And um, he got back to me. And I mean, I, I may have stalked him a little bit, but you know, that's I do that on a normal day anyway. But uh, Mr. Min has set me up with James Bailey and he has been very responsive so far, and I have a lot of confidence in him. So I'm hoping that we can get something back up and running. But a couple uh, other definitely... prominent members of the uh, cycling community also reached out to you, though, Joy, as well, right? Uh, yeah, I it I was kind of surprised at. I mean, we we created uh, Swift Activity Monitor 15 months ago. And, um, Kevin did a a ton of work all on his own time. We don't make any money off of it, but he spent months of his own time creating this. But once it was created, we haven't really made any updates recently. So it's been just, you know, people just use it every day when they're racing. And, um, for the most part, the users use it so they can 
see the results to get better. They use it to do laps. Uh, they use it to monitor their intensity. Like for me, I, I, if I drop to a C, I want to become a B. So I need to make sure I'm doing better. There are the few people that swear it's only for sandbagging, but, um, I, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, people want it to, to do good things. So when I, when I started to pop up on, on, on GP Llama in one of his videos, I thought that was pretty amazing. He's yeah. Shane's Shane's fantastic. He's always been supportive of us. So I do hope we get it back up and running shortly and, uh, I'm keeping everybody updated as we go. Cool. I know we all we all uh, agreed that we were going to be uh, going to be uh, done with this podcast in, in a, uh, a timely fashion. So I want to just mention one stat that that I, I failed to mention earlier, and is that that is that um, with the ride, um, I've so far through the generosity of the cycling community has have raised over nine thousand dollars for the Dirt Dad Fund. Wow, that is really amazing. So, uh, and yeah. you know, I'm very proud of you for taking this on and getting so much traction with it. And I think it's just amazing. And, and, and the charity is, is really helpful. Uh, it sort of hits a niche that no other charity that I know of hits. It's, it's been great. It's been really cool. It has. Very, very good. Anything else before we wrap this up? I know, uh, Chris, you have to go and demolish about 10,000 calories and get in bed for your big ride tomorrow. It's true. And I just, you know, I just, the two of you take care of yourselves, please. (laughs) We will. We will. All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. Joy, keep us posted on Zam and when that gets back up and running. And we will, we will be seeing you again in a few weeks once Chris is off the road and we'll get back to our normal cadence of recording excellent cycling related content. Bye, everybody. Thank you.